Hello and welcome to the STC Fit Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Nat Jurek and with me, I'll be joined by Ben Scott and Jason Galea. STC Fit are a group of coaches who provide premium coaching and education services to high achieving women who want to ditch the frustration and achieve the results they want when they want. On the podcast, we'll be discussing all things related to our five-step method to experiencing total clarity in knowing how to achieve your goals, present and future. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit for all your online and personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a share and tag at Nat Jurek STC Fit, at Ben Scott STC and at Jason Galea underscore STC. Hope you enjoy the show. We're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the STC Fit Podcast. So with me today, I have gotten rid of both Ben and Jason, and we have our very first guest episode. So today I've got with me Ali from Fox Physio. So thank you for coming on and welcome, Ali. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Um, We've wanted to kind of go through this module for a little while. So what we're going to be talking about with Ali today is basically warm-ups, injury prevention, um, movement considerations and movement prep considerations. And this is something that we unpack inside of our training module with our coaching clients and our education courses. And I guess we just wanted to get someone who is well-informed, working on the front line in this area and can probably talk about it a whole lot better than what we can because it is a big topic to unpack. So before we get into that, Ali, just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you work with, what you do, um, so the listeners have a good understanding of who you are. Of course. So I am an osteopath and strength and rehab coach, and I work with people who want to move better, uh, feel stronger, and be able to perform at their best. So I am based in Seaford, down in Victoria uh, at Fox Physio. And we generally work with people who would put training in sort of their top three to top five priorities. It's a big part of their their lifestyle, big part of their routine. Um, Usually when they come and see us, they're in pain, they're presenting with an injury. And so we get them from that pain pain state and into um, performing at their best again. So um, we work with powerlifters, bodybuilders, football players, basketballers, sort of yeah, anyone who's really passionate about exercise and training. Uh, And then I also work with pregnant and postpartum women to help support them through that journey and help them keep moving well, feeling strong, ideally being as pain-free as possible. So it's quite a wide variety of people that we work with, but uh, it definitely keeps it interesting as well. Yeah, a broad range. I like, I guess, like we kind of resonate with that, you know, top three to five priorities in terms of athletic population inside of training. Mm -hmm. Uh, We obviously have a very similar demographic, which is why we refer a lot of clients to you guys because you know what you're doing and you work with, um, you know, quite a similar uh, range of people. So I guess I'm curious to know inside of like that athletic population and as well with your females, um, we primarily work with a lot of females. So what are some of the common issues that you kind of see um, in most cases, uh, people training in the gym uh, and common injuries and how they present themselves and how you sort of work around that to navigate that and kind of get them towards that pain-free state. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, with our female clients, probably the most common thing that we see is females for the most part are more flexible or more hypermobile compared to males, which can be really great because it means that they tend to have the range of motion that they need in their joints. Um, They have the flexibility that they need to be able to get themselves into certain positions. So whether it's, um, you know, getting nice and low in a squat, um, whether it's sort of their overhead movements, they've got that range available in their joints and in their body. But with that 
comes a lack of stability. And when that presents itself, that's when we start to see aches and pains popping up during training. Uh, So what we tend to do with our clients is um, we look at sort of how they're moving. Usually we find that in clients where this is the case, they're super mobile uh, and they're getting pain at sort of that end range of, of motion. So a good example, I guess, is like a squat. Uh, we often see females coming in with kind of like a pinching pain at the front of the hip. And when we assess them, we'd see that their hips are really mobile, but they're lacking the stability to control the movement of their hips and control that squat motion. So what we would do is we'd work through some stability exercises with them to try and really strengthen and support the hip joint, uh, support their movement so that they can perform it correctly uh, and safely and, and reduce the pain that they're experiencing. So that's just one example of where we sort of see this uh, increased flexibility, increased mobility, and their lack of stability. Uh, and we kind of see that across the body. So um, through the shoulder, that's another really common area. Um, we might see back pain that's kind of associated with a lack of trunk stability. So um, kind of losing that tension or that tightness through the core, uh, even through the ankles. So it's kind of a, a bit of a whole body thing. Um, so with these clients, rather than sort of focusing on mobility, it, it comes back to more of that stability and and strength training. So that's probably the biggest thing that we see. Um, Alongside that, I guess with females, we take into consideration uh, how their pain presents around their cycle. We do get some clients who sort of are leading up to their period or the first couple of days of their period, they've got uh, increased pain levels or um, increased like pain sensitivity. So they might've been fine for, for three weeks. And then all of a sudden we get a bit of a flare up. So that's just something that we consider as well. Um, and might be something to consider if you are someone who kind of around the same time of your cycle, every month in the gym, you're getting aches and pains popping up and then they kind of settle down after a few days and then they come back again the next month. And that, that might be something else to consider as well. Um, and just educating, educating you around that. Uh, And then I guess with pregnant and postpartum women, a lot of that stability work is involved with them as well, uh, with all the chemical changes, hormonal changes that are happening in the body. Uh, We want to make sure that everything is nice and stable and feeling really strong as the body's kind of going through all these changes. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to, I guess, like the flexibility, stability side of things in terms of coaching clients. And it's probably one of the hardest things to communicate through an online coaching platform as well, because it's like that person has such little control over these areas. And I guess for a lot of people, uh, more range of motion can be seen as better. So they think they're doing, you know, what they should be doing to execute this properly. Um, And it's almost like we're getting that range that we don't need something that I often say is like, you know, we can actually stop a little bit shorter than where you are right now. And that'll probably solve a lot of your problems. Um, So yeah, can definitely relate to that. Inside of that, I guess, like, where do we start with warming up and movement prep? And I guess it's probably one of the most misinterpreted and misunderstood um, components of like training for a lot of the population that we work with. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's like, you know, throw yourself on the treadmill or just like, you know, get your heart pumping, get blood, you know, flowing and just warm up um, from like a temperature state. And that's potentially like, okay, for, you know, maybe a beginner or someone who's uh, not moving heavy load inside of the gym. But I guess like, what do we need to consider from that standpoint, you know, from the very beginner right through to the advanced person um, going into the gym to, you know, uh, train and obviously lift weights? Yeah. So I can definitely resonate with that. When I started in the gym back when I was like 18, I would do the whole jump on the treadmill for like five to 10 minutes and then like go to the machines. And that was my warm up. And I look back and I go, I'm so glad that I know better now. (laughs) Or even just like the static stretching. It's like go to the stretch room, like stretch yourself silly and then go and like load yourself with weight. And I think that once we know why we don't want to do that, it's like common sense. But for a lot of people, it's something that we just see all the time and like it's just general advice that you get given maybe in PE at like high school or something so we just run with that so yeah 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 definitely so I guess probably the main goals of like our warm-up and our movement preparation is 
of course, to prepare you for the movements that you're going to be performing in the session, prepare you for the type of training that you're doing, uh, and then, of course, reduce the risk of injury as well. So those are kind of our two main goals when we look at your warm-ups and your movement preparation. Uh, so the first thing that we would consider is what sort of training you're doing. Uh, so, you know, obviously a runner would warm up or, or prepare for their training or their events very differently to someone who is a power lifter. Um, even within like resistance training itself, the way we would prepare you for more of a strength focus session would be different to the way that we would prepare you for a body composition session. So we want to consider what sort of training we're doing, what sort of movements are involved for the session and start to think about how we can really prepare ourselves as best as possible for that. Because with our warm-ups or our, our movement preparation, we want to really get I guess the most out of it and get as much like bang for your buck without doing kind of all this extra stuff that's just filling the time. So that's the first thing that we would consider. Then from there, we would want to consider your body and how you're moving. So if you have any mobility restrictions that we need to address, if you have any sort of stability issues that we need to look at as well, um, then we would incorporate strategies into your movement preparation to, to deal with that. So if we notice that you're quite stiff through your upper back, uh, then we might get you doing some mobility stuff for your upper back to improve that. If we notice that you've got some instability through your shoulder, then we might get you doing some upper body shoulder focused um, stability movements as part of your preparation. So those are things that we would look at. And then, of course, we want to take into account if you've got any like aches and pains as well. So are there any injuries that we're currently rehabbing where we can incorporate um, your rehab into your movement preparation as well? And um, that's that's what we do working with you guys at STC Fit, uh, which is so great, is being able to integrate a client's rehab if they do have an injury into their movement prep, uh, which is really awesome. Then from there, we'd also want to look at sort of their skill level and are there any sort of breakdowns in their technique that we're observing? So whether it's in a squat, sort of losing tension at the bottom of that squat, kind of collapsing through through the torso, then we can think about how can we train for that sort of thing in your movement prep as well, whether it's, yeah, before your session or we might look at integrating it into your, your programming as well. And then probably the fourth thing and the thing that is most important uh, that I really try and encourage clients to do is be really intentional when they are warming up and preparing for their movements. So we all know like warming up isn't the most exciting part of a session. <laughs> you kind of just want to like get in the gym, get in, get out. Guilty. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Which is like, it's so common and yeah. like I've been there as well. So, um, you know, I'm not perfect at it either, but we want to be really intentional with our warm up. You can have the best warm up movement preparation sequence. It ticks all the boxes. However, if we're just kind of like rushing through it, we're not really taking our time and focusing on sort of like that mind muscle connection. We're not, uh, we're not going to get the most out of it. Uh, and it comes back to that idea of our movement preparation sequence is there to help us prepare to perform at our best and reduce the risk of injuries. And if we're kind of just like racing through our warm up or being a bit like wishy-washy with, with our movement preparation, then we're not really setting ourselves up to prepare as um, or perform as best as we can. And, and that's when we start to see sort of aches and pains and potentially some injuries pop up. So that's a big one as well that uh, I really encourage people to, to think about when they are preparing for their sessions. Yeah, I think with like that side of thing is definitely something that I've been guilty of and something that I see a lot with my clients. And I think the game changer is having uh, an understanding of what these terms are and why they're important. Because when you know what something is and you understand the relevance of it, then you're likely to pay a little bit more attention to it and obviously understand how it influences things down the track. So you kind of spoke about it um, just briefly before when we kind of mentioned terms like you know, stability, mobility, um, skill, and all of those things. So I would love for you to sort of just unpack like what they are and why they're important um, on their own, I guess, and how we would look at training them as well. Because I know like for myself personally, when 
I was outside of the personal training world. These were just, you know, broad terms that, you know, you would hear and they just went over your head because you didn't necessarily understand what they meant or how they were applicable to you. So I think that that's probably a really good place to start just in terms of like a base level foundation knowledge um, for anyone out there who's in the gym training. Yeah. So I guess if we kick off with mobility, so the definition of mobility is the ability to actively move a joint through its range of motion. So that means being able to move the joint. Um, So if we think about, I guess, your ankle uh, in a squat, as you come down in your squat, we're moving the ankle through flexion. And then as we come up, we're moving it through extension. So it's that ability to move a joint through the available range of motion uh, that you have. Mobility can sometimes get confused with flexibility. Flexibility is a bit more of a passive uh, movement, I guess, or a passive hold, if anything. So uh, that sort of flexibility more so talks about a muscle's ability to lengthen. It's kind of more about the muscle itself rather than all the other structures that are involved in a joint, your bone structure, your ligaments, your tendons, of course, the muscles in there as well. Uh, The nervous system also comes into mobility. So uh, it's active. It's an active movement compared to, you know, like holding a hamstring stretch or a glute stretch or something like that. Mobility is really important for executing an exercise with proper, safe, correct technique. So when we're performing an exercise, mobility is what's going to help us get into the positions that we need to, to execute it safely, to execute it well uh, as well and really get the most out of it. When we train mobility, we're generally working on taking the joint into the place it doesn't want to go. So if we go back to that ankle movement in a squat, if someone has restricted ankles and that's impacting their ability to achieve depth in their squat, or they might even be getting um, some knee pain or some hip pain coming along with that, what we would do is we would start to incorporate some exercises in their movement preparation that train that movement um, to that flexion movement of the ankle. So um, as you kind of come down and your your shin gets closer to your foot, we want to train that. So we would do that for, for different restrictions that we see throughout the body. And there's a few different ways that we can do that. So one way is um, breath work or like incorporating your breath cycle into movement. So One of our favorites is uh, for sort of like your upper back and your rib cage movement, Um, the good old cat camel exercise, incorporating your breathing into that uh, to get the most out of it and kind of take it that little bit further. One thing that we can do for mobility, which I don't prescribe as much, is static stretching in some cases. But when we go back to that definition of mobility, it is, it's that ability to actively move a joint through its range of motion. So we find that we get the best results with, with more of your active movements. Another strategy is self myofascial release. So that's just a fancy term for things like bone rolling, uh, using the spiky ball, even using a massage gun. So promoting that circulation to the muscle, uh, improving blood flow, Uh, loosening up you know some areas of tightness or restriction and then of course we've got our more dynamic stretching or active mobility drills so that's taking the joint through the range of motion that it needs to be able to perform your exercise correctly and with good technique so these are things like your cat camel um, thread the needle Uh, we've got, what are some other good ones? Sort of like a dynamic hip stretch. So they're all active movements that we're going to be using and incorporating in our session um, and preparing them uh, before, before we get into our actual like program session. And you can of course add weight into all of those as well um, to take it that little bit further. So yeah, that's mobility. So there's a bit that goes into it, but um, hopefully that, that clarifies that one a bit more. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, really, really helpful. Um, Especially I guess with like different differentiating between the flexibility, the static stretching, why we would want that to be um, incorporated into our warm-ups outside of just like, yes, yeah, statically stretching a muscle, um, which I think is where a lot of people go wrong uh, and potentially just get caught out with, you know, more generic-based warm-ups. So, yeah, really, really helpful. I was uh, going to say, um, outside of that, uh, moving on to stability. So 
where would that come into it once we've kind of um, established the mobility side of things? Um, what do we need to consider inside of um, stability? Yeah, so stability, uh, so that is the ability to maintain or control joint movement or position and resist any external forces that can affect your alignment. So that's basically just like a wordy way of saying stability is controlling your joint movements or controlling where your joints are. So this is a really important uh, component because it is what's going to set us up for improving strength, expressing strength. So uh, even if, um, you know, your trainee is more of like a body composition focus, you know, we still want to make sure that we're able to like progress each week and our joints are stable and and we're able to, to perform things well and kind of reduce that risk of injury. But it plays a really big role in strength training, which we'll kind of get into a bit later. Uh, but for a rehab context, I guess the way that we would train stability is we would start off with isolating the muscles that we need to strengthen uh, or where we're seeing weakness. And then we would integrate it into some more complex exercises. So a good example is hip stability. So like I was talking about earlier, we have someone who's quite mobile through their hips, but lacking some stability. So what we would start doing with someone who's presenting with that is we would start by incorporating exercises into their rehab or their movement preparation to isolate the muscles that are responsible for stabilizing that hip. So sort of your glute muscles. So we would isolate them through exercises like um, clams or um, like a side plank hold. And so with that, we're really trying to isolate the muscle and strengthen it. Then from that, we would go into some more complex or uh, I guess more like functional in quotation marks exercises. They're a little bit more complex that kind of integrate that function of the muscle into what we're doing um, into sort of more, more complex movements that translate better to uh, or more readily to the movements that we're going to be doing in our session. So uh, for that hip stability, it might look like a single leg RDL um, or a single leg RDL with an airplane. So adding in a bit of like hip rotation, changing that center of, of mass to make it a bit more challenging so that that will then carry over to stability in our, in our training session and stability work. It's really great because there are so many ways that we can challenge your stability and continue to progress your strength and your stability. Uh, so it might look like um, going from, if we look at like a hip thrust, it might be we start with both feet on the ground. Uh, then we might change to like a B stance hip thrust. So more weight going through one leg, a little less weight through the other leg. And then we might go to a single leg hip thrust. So we can kind of progress it and continue to challenge you that way. Or we can play around with like holding two dumbbells, holding one dumbbell, changing what side the dumbbells being held on. So with stability, it's super important and it allows um, there's a lot of room for us to continue to like progress you and continue to challenge you so that as you know, your strength is improving in your sessions and you're being able to lift more, we've got the stability there to, to help support you and like get through, get through your training sessions without any injuries um, and being able to perform at your best. Yeah. So it's kind of just like training, like I guess for anyone to conceptualize that at home, it's, we want to progressively overload in the gym, in the gym and make sure that we're increasing in volume. And from what you're saying, it's kind of no different in terms of how we train all of these aspects of our movement prep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So something that we didn't touch on, um, which is something that we talk about, I guess, at the beginning of a session is the idea of breathing drills and how we kind of want to incorporate that or use that to maximize the quality of our training sessions. So tell us a little bit about what that kind of looks like, what the purpose of that would be and how we would look at incorporating that into our movement prep and getting ourselves in a position to train uh, in a really high quality state. Yeah, absolutely. So breathing drills have a lot of benefits. I think one of the biggest ones is kind of getting yourself in the right like state of mind to train, especially if you're someone who's like on the go all day, always kind of running around, always operating at this kind of go, go, go state. 
when you get into the gym, it's really important that we just take that time to kind of, I guess, center, let that heart rate come down, let like the central nervous system rebalance a little bit as well. So that's a really great one and something that I incorporate into my sessions, especially if I have had like a busy day and Mm -hmm. feeling a bit like scattered (laughs) when I get into the gym. So that can help to center And then, of course, another side of our breathing drills is the role that our breathing plays in our bracing and our stability through the trunk uh, and being able to to really control the positioning of our torso um, when we are doing, you know, some of our big lifts. Um, So things like your bench, things like your squat, your deadlift, being able to control your breath, find that positioning that we need through the upper body, through the rib cage, through the spine, through the trunk to be able to, you know, train well um, and express your strength and obviously like reduce the risk of injuries as well. So some breathing drills, um, you know, we've got like your 90-90 breathing. Uh, so you, this can sometimes look like um, laying on your back, heels on a bench, You've got your legs bent to 90 degrees uh, and you're breathing through there, really focusing on that expansion of your rib cage. So kind of breathing in all directions. Um, So that's something that we can use and we can incorporate, uh, you know, different things like doing that on a single leg. We can add in like a hip lift. So there's so many like variations and varieties of things that we can do there. Uh, but yeah, the main two things that, that we would use breathing for is just getting you in like that right state of mind, uh, to be able to train and really focus on your session, uh, and go into it with, with the right mindset. And then of course, you know, bracing and and supporting yourself to train as best as you can. Yeah. I think if you're someone who hasn't done that before, or hasn't been aware of the state that you're running into the gym in, like maybe like traffic was fucked or you had a fight with your partner and you're like Rah! running in like all chaotic um and then you think about taking you know two to three minutes to like bring yourself back down it is the biggest game changer and I think that if you can at the very least start to incorporate that just from a headspace standpoint it'll change the way you carry yourself throughout your session which is yeah definitely something that a lot of people aren't aware of mm-hmm. yeah absolutely So the last area that we focus on inside of our movement prep consideration is skill. So talk us through how that plays a role um, in terms of movement prep. And obviously it's something that we are looking at inside of our training sessions as well, but how would we look at accessing that and maximizing that inside of the warm-up consideration? Mm -hmm. So skill is the ability to perform a movement effectively with good technique correct technique consistently so where we see sort of skill breakdowns or some skill deficiencies is sort of you know during a set um sort of you might you know get through kind of your first rep and then second one is like a bit shaky third one is not great (laughs) then you you know have to reset and then you're able to finish off like your fourth and fifth rep well so that will kind of indicate to us that the skill that we need for that movement we're just kind of losing it in those first um you know sort of that second second to third rep so what we can do to train this and to train that skill is incorporate specific exercises into your movement preparation uh that that train that skill that we need so if we think about say like a squat you're finding that sort of mid set, you're collapsing at the bottom. Um, We're kind of losing that tension through your torso. We're kind of rounding through the back. We're looking a little bit, um, I guess, loose (laughs) through the upper body, through the trunk. Then what we might look at doing is training that bracing and that trunk stability in your movement preparation with something like a counterbalance squat. So uh, you've got your arms outstretched, you're holding a dumbbell or a plate and we're moving through our squat and something like that is going to train that trunk stability, train that, that core activation and train that position that we need to be in for our squat to execute it, 
you know, correctly, consistently, effectively for each rep. So we can incorporate uh, movements like that into our movement preparation. We can also incorporate sort of movement regression. So if we're seeing like a consistent breakdown of the skill, we might need to um, step things back a little bit, whether that's within the training program, like the programming itself, or we incorporate some regressions into your movement preparation to really train that skill uh, before you get into your session, then, then that can make a big difference as well. Yeah, I quite like the idea of incorporating that through your movement prep. I guess one of the biggest roadblocks in terms of progressing skill is people don't like to take weight off the bar, um, which can be a really big barrier when it comes to, you know, improving your skill or um, those skill deficiencies in those areas, because, you know, people don't want to take the load off in order to actually improve that skill. So it can be super helpful to then incorporate that into your warm up uh, and let that carryover sort of happen. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the terms that you haven't mentioned and I haven't mentioned, and it's a bit of a trigger word on social media and a lot of my clients ask me if it's worthwhile doing or whether we should be doing it or I saw XYZ doing it is, you know, the term activation. So talk us through whether or not we need to consider it, if we need to consider it, how we would consider it, how that plays out and what we actually need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess activation as in like activating your muscles Muscles. before you train. Yeah. Yeah. So if we have a good movement preparation sequence, we're going to be preparing the muscles that we need for our training session. Your muscles are always like, they're always doing something like, unless you have a condition where your muscles, you know, there's something serious going on. Your muscles are working, um, but some just might be working a little bit harder than others or might be a little bit more dominant than others. Some might be a little bit weaker and lacking strength than others. And so I think when people use the word activation, they, they're kind of talking about that mind muscle connection a little bit. So, um, you know, feeling like your glutes feeling working, feeling them engaged in quotation marks or (laughs) or active Uh, but that's the sort of thing that you know we're doing as part of your movement preparation is we're preparing the muscles that you need to be using uh, and that need to be functioning well for your training we're doing that as part of our stability work and as part of our skill work so if you see something that's sort of labeled an activation exercise I would think about you know is this something that's going to be preparing me for my session? What's what's it actually trying to do? Is it trying to train stability or is it just trying to make me feel like my glutes are working before my session? So there are some, some, some exercises that I guess people use to like chase that burn before a session. You don't really need to feel that burn necessarily. Uh, there's, there's plenty of really great exercises and really valuable exercises that prepare your muscles for your session, address any weaknesses or, or um, instabilities that we have that, that can prepare you really well for your session that might not feel like they're doing a whole lot, but they, they are really effective. There you go, guys. <laughs> Put it here first. Stop chasing feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that one up. So you kind of spoke about, I guess, the purpose of your training session and why what we're actually aiming to do inside of our training session and how that would influence what our movement prep looks like so let's chat a little bit about what that would look like based on your goals so you know thinking about someone who is maybe a powerlifter or you know working in and around heavy loads and higher intensities in comparison to someone who's you know maybe body composition focused or fat loss focused hypertrophy based program How would that differ? Because it's one of the things that for a lot of my clients who make that transition into the strength world, often neglect the warming up side of things because they've never had to do it before or they've never had to do it to that extent. And when they find out that they need to spend, you know, 20 minutes rolling around on the floor before their strength session, they're like, I didn't fucking sign up for this. So what are you talking about? And, you know, you run into injuries before that happens. And it's like, have you been doing X, Y, and Z? No. Okay, cool. So like, let's, have a think about why that would be different and, you know, what we need to think about uh, depending on our goals and how that would sort of transition. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So with strength training, we have a bit more of a stability demand compared to if you're doing more body composition, physique focused training. So this is usually because with strength training, we're doing, you know, more barbell work, we're doing more dumbbell work. We're probably not on like machines as much as we would be in sort of a body composition or, or a physique block. And so because especially to execute uh, you know, movements like your barbell squat, your barbell bench press, your deadlift, there's a really big demand on that stability that comes from your body. You need to be stable. Your joints need to be stable. It's, it's all about you. Nothing, nothing's going to help you <laughs> if you're lacking that stability. There's no like wall to hold on to. There's no fixed machine that's going to help you out. It's like, it's all on you. So that's why we really prioritize stability um, with strength clients um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're able to train safely when we are lifting, you know, some heavy loads and the demand sort of with strength training, I guess, like on your joints and the complexity of the movement as well, there is that room for injury and, and, you know, things to, things to not go, not go well, if we're not, you know, stable and we're not, feeling strong and stable in the movement. So that's probably the biggest distinction, I guess, between how we would prepare for strength training versus body composition is that stability and, and really prioritizing that. Uh, we also want to prepare the movement pattern. As I said, generally those movements are a little bit more complex, uh, both in like the, the physical aspect of it. So, um, you know, coordinating all these different muscles and joints to do what they need to also sort of the mindset aspect of it, you know, when we are going for our sort of, you know, 3RM up movements or, or reps, there's that kind of mental side of it as well. And, and really, you know, feeling confident, feeling stable that, you know, you're going to get that weight up. So that kind of comes into it as well uh, versus body composition with, with our hypertrophy training, we are able to kind of make use of things outside our body to help stabilize us. And this is so that we're able to take the muscles that we're training through their full length. So for the most part, and obviously there's exceptions to this, but generally with hypertrophy or, or our body composition training, we're taking a muscle through its full length and then shortening it again. So with that, we can afford to use things outside our body to help stabilize us so that we can achieve that, that full length of the muscle, that full lengthening and shortening movement that we need. So we could, you know, use a machine, for example, for a, for a chest press versus in strength training where we're using a barbell bench press, like a barbell bench isn't going to get us the hypertrophy gains that we want. And we're not going to get the muscle gains that we want versus something like a dumbbell chest press which is a little bit more unstable but is still kind of taking the muscle through through that range for growth and then of course we've got like a machine chest press which is even more stable um you know we can even use you know a wall or a dowel to hold onto for something like a lunge or a split squat uh we could use we could do like a wall supported rdl as well so using things outside our body to to stabilize we don't have as much of a demand on that stability um, so we might not focus on that as much in our movement prep we might focus more on range of motion and mobility so that we have that range and we're able to take that muscle through its full length uh, to be able to kind of get the most out of our movements and get sort of that muscles like growth and um, see that change that we want with that as well. So that's probably the, the main distinctions, I guess, with strength, focusing more on stability as part of your movement prep, because that's, that's all coming from you. It's all on you versus hypertrophy where we can afford to focus more on, on mobility. Yeah. All of my strength-based clients who have to spend 20 minutes on the floor have just gone, I'm going to be a bodybuilder. <laughs> I don't do this anymore. <laughs> Too much time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so speaking of time considerations, obviously we're kind of looking at our movement prep and our program, you know, working in conjunction with one another. So if you are someone who is maybe a little bit short on time and, you know, you've got a, a little bit of a window there in terms of, you know, getting in, 
doing your warm-ups, getting your training session done, and you don't have the luxury of an extended period of time to take your time through all of these components that we need to be ticking off, how can we then combine our movement prep and our training program to almost, um, you know, work inside of one another um, Mm -hmm. so that we are maybe just making that a little bit more achievable for someone who is a busy person with, you know, a lot of shit to do and just kind of wants to, get in and out, but still, you know, make it a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is super relevant as well at the moment with like gyms opening up and things in Melbourne. 25 minute window to train. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, it takes half of that time. (laughs) So with that, what we can do is we can be really smart about programming and actually incorporating exercises that are going to prepare us for our, some of our more, I guess, complex or more demanding exercises um, that are later in our session, putting that movement preparation into into our training, um, our program session itself. So what it might look like is I mentioned like a counterbalance squat before, that might be your first exercise of your session um, and you're progressing that each week. So we're still, um, you know, we've got that progressive overload with it. We're still challenging ourselves but we're also, we've got that function of preparing you for maybe some exercises that are later in your program and have that, that stability or that skill requirement. Um, So that's probably, yeah, I would say the most effective way of kind of incorporating your movement preparation into your training. If you, if you are limited on time is being, being really smart about like the exercises that you pick. Um, So another example is something like if you have, say you have like a barbell bench um, in there or something that requires like good upper back mobility, then you could incorporate like a dumbbell pullover as one of like your first or second exercises. So you're still progressing, you're still challenging that strength, you're still going to get something out of that exercise, but it's got that extra role of, improving our our upper back mobility to prepare us for some things later in our session so yeah all about smart programming and kind of um almost like trying to hit two birds with one stone yeah it's so funny I had that exact example with one of my clients and she was doing the be bulletproof course and we were doing this module and she was like hey I just realized what you did (laughs) like you made me warm up and I didn't know I was warming up I thought I was just doing a back exercise yeah yeah Yeah, it's so good (laughs) favorite little trick as a coach. Um, So we've spoken a lot about, I guess, um, injury prevention um, and I guess kind of putting yourself in a position where we don't run into any issues. But if you are someone who has an injury and you're not ready to just like throw in the towel, you want to kind of keep training, what advice do you have for someone around that? Or maybe they've seen a practitioner who's told them to stop X, Y, and Z and it kind of goes against their values and what they want to do. How do we navigate that? Because it's definitely something that I come across a lot with obviously lots of online clients working in, you know, a lot of different states um, and maybe, you know, working with practitioners who I'm not aware of or, you know, we maybe don't see things eye to eye. And I guess like it's one of those things that for the high achiever and probably the clientele that we both work with, they don't want to stop training. So what do we do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So my first Recommendation, of course, is if you are experiencing pain in your training um, or even like before walking into the gym, definitely see an allied health professional. Like you said, if, if you can find one that aligns with your values uh, and your passion for training and your passion for lifting, then that's that's so valuable and someone who uh, understands programming and is willing to collaborate with your coach as well. We do a lot of uh, working with coaches uh, to help support our clients when when they do have injuries and making sure that they can still achieve their goals, um, especially like for clients who maybe are working towards like a powerlifting meet or we've got like that time-based goal uh, where we we need to be, I guess, as as intelligent with our, with our programming and our rehab and all of that. Um, so being able to collaborate um, with someone who's going to like work with your coach, work with you, understand what you're passionate about. That's, that's my first tip, but I understand that that's not always achievable and um, that's, that's not the easiest thing. So I guess from there, you know, I would say if you are experiencing pain, try and get onto it early as well. That's another thing that we kind of see is 
you know, someone's been... I've had this thing for six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, every time I do like a bicep curl for the past three months, I've been getting pain and it's just getting worse. It's like, okay. <laughs> so um, if you, yeah, if you are experiencing pain, please don't don't think it's just going to go away on its own. Don't think, oh, I'll be right. I'll be fine in a couple of weeks. So um, definitely get onto it there. But Ideally, with when when you do have an injury and we want to still see progress, I guess the biggest thing is we want to keep you moving as best as we can, as much as we can. So one of the worst things that we can do is like rest an area completely. There are of course times where like this is that's appropriate, um, where we do need to stop using an area completely for um, for whatever reason. But for the most part, most injuries you can still train in some capacity with most injuries actually like heal better under load. So we're still loading the area, um, which I think is something that that not a lot of people know. There's still that kind of old school idea that like if you've got a sore shoulder, you need to stop using it completely. But what can happen is if we stop using an area completely, we lose that strength, we lose that range of motion, we lose that mobility, and then we're kind of um, sending ourselves back a few steps. So you can keep training, you can keep moving. We just have to be smart about it. And so some things that we can do to keep you training, um, you know, when you are recovering from an injury is we can reduce load on an exercise. So uh, we might find that say with the, um, say with like a stiff leg deadlift, for example, or like an RDL, we're finding at a certain weight you're getting pain, but we're not getting pain at, at, a, at a lower weight and it's pain-free and it's consistently pain-free at that weight. Maybe we can keep you doing that movement, but just using less load. Mm-hmm. And we can still make it challenging playing around with tempo as well so that you're still progressing, you're still training that area, you're still training that movement, you're still getting stronger each week. We're just being able to do it without pain. Um, and that can be really empowering for clients as well, when they feel like they are still achieving, even though they are dealing with an injury, they still feel like they're progressing, which is super valuable. Um, another thing that we can do is substitute a movement that is provoking pain uh, with something else that still trains the same muscles, the same muscle group, the same movement, uh, but we're able to do that pain-free. So an example, again, is that that sort of like a stiff leg RDL. So Uh, If I use an example of a client that I had the other week, they had some hamstring pain that was coming on during their stiff leg RDLs. Even doing that movement body weight was still provoking their pain. So what we did was we swapped it out for uh, like a glute bridge instead. So we're still training that same hip extension movement. We're still training the same muscle group. We're still training that same function, but we're just doing it, doing it in a way that is, is pain-free for them so that they can still, you know, still achieve, still feel like they're moving, still feeling like they're getting something out of it, but we're not provoking that pain and, and making it worse. So there are definitely ways that we can keep you training, keep seeing strength progressions. It's just about um, different ways that we can do it and, and being smart about it as well. But yeah, if there's anything that people take away from this is that you can keep training, uh, even if you do have an injury, it's just about working with the right people that are going to support you to keep doing that. That is very good news for everyone. <laughs> it's a nice little reminder to, I guess, just like not get dogmatic in terms of the way that you're training and the things that you're doing and broadening the lens a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that, you, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are doing online consultations and practicing online for anyone who is maybe not in the area and wanting to work with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we're doing online consultations, which if you haven't done one before, basically what we do is we have a bit of a chat about what's going on, your pain, you know, what things you're experiencing it during if it's affecting your training, we chat about what your training is like. And then from there, we take you through some movements uh, to try and work out what's going on. And then from there, we take you through your rehab and a bit of a management plan so that you can, you know, get out of that pain state, still keep training. And of course, we we will collaborate and work with your coach as well to, to keep you moving and, and keep you training. Can absolutely recommend. I've had a few clients go through the clinic and also work with you online. Probably the biggest barrier that uh, I have in terms of getting online clients um, into is the idea that we are not working hands-on. 
So can you just talk us through how that works um, and why it's still effective um, just in terms of, I guess, like manipulation um, from a physical standpoint and actually still getting you to a pain-free state in that online setting? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So manual therapy, like hands-on treatment is obviously really valuable. Like it feels really good as well if you if you are sore, if you are injured, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Uh, and, you know, we, we kind of like to say, you know, you didn't get injured on the treatment table, so you're not going to get fixed only on the treatment table. And so uh, what we are really passionate about is, is working out what, has been happening, what's been leading up to this point, whether it's something you're doing throughout the day, maybe it's, um, you know, an exercise, maybe it's, you know, a previous injury that you've had that was never dealt with properly. We want to get to the root cause of like what's going on, where's this come from, what can we do movement-wise and rehab-wise to to help you feel better? Um, because, yeah, manual therapy it has its benefits, but there's other strategies that we can share with you and educate you on as well that can kind of play a similar role to, to hands-on. So things like foam rolling, spiky ball, self, self-release. Um, we can teach you all those strategies. So you can still get that sort of that relief and that like, you know, you know when it feels good when like you've got a tight spot and you like find that spot, you're like, yeah, that feels good. So we can teach you how to do that. And then of course, um, you know, get you doing your rehab and, and working out what's gotten you to this point, how can we fix it? Uh, so exercise is is just as important, if not more important than, than the hands-on stuff. Love that. Thank you so much, Ali, for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us. Can you let everyone know where they can find you if they are interested in booking in with you, how to go about that? Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on Instagram at alibrown.osteo or you can follow Fox Physio on Instagram as well. So that's at fox.physio and on my profile and and on the Fox page, we've got a link in there for you to book in. And of course, you can always send us a message if you've got questions about online consultations, how that works, what's involved. Uh, We're always happy to have a chat with you and, and run you through it as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Ali, for coming on. Guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please tag and share to your stories. You can tag at STC Fit and at Nat Jurek STC Fit. Thank you for listening and we will see you all in the next fortnight.